Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for October 29th, 2023. Join in our call to worship. The Word of God came to Jonah. The Word of God comes to us. Go, despite your fears. Speak the truth of God. Love your neighbor and your enemy. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Receive grace upon grace, overflowing from the fullness of God. God of grace, we thank you that you are indeed full of compassion and mercy, for you have welcomed us into your family. May our lives be true reflections of your gracious character. In Jesus' name, amen. me and me. 
Our prayer is from Salt and Light. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today for help. I know I really need to forgive someone in my life, as is your desire for all your children. Lord, please forgive me for struggling to let go. No matter how hard I've tried by my own flesh, I can't seem to let go of the pain and resentment. This person has hurt me deeply. But I know I've been holding ill feelings against him for too long, and it's damaging me emotionally and spiritually. Please give me the strength to fully forgive him. Help me do this from the bottom of my heart without any reservation or condition. To you, I wish to surrender all the bitterness, hostility, and hatred I have held toward him. Father God, bless me with the courage to let the past go. I want to move forward in the life you have given me. Teach me how to truly care for this person by the fruit of your Holy Spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By my own efforts, I struggle to soften my heart, but with you I know what was impossible before is made possible. Lord, heal me fully on the inside as you lead me to live in complete freedom in Christ. Thank you for hearing my humble prayer. I am grateful for your presence and everlasting love. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our series of Faces of Our Faith with the story of Jonah. Jonah 3 and 4. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock, shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. 
But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Who is the hero of this story? For Jonah, it is Jonah. Aren't we all the hero of our own story? Jonah thinks he is the main character, that it is his story. After all, the book is named after him, so he's the hero. But is that really true? God has hardly given Jonah a mission when it already seems doomed to fail. The story begins with God telling Jonah, Go at once to Nineveh and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Just two verses later, Jonah is already on a ship heading in the opposite direction to Tarshish, known for its most remote location. That's how the tale of Jonah begins, with God telling Jonah what to do and Jonah refusing. It's a simple story, basic in storyline, Given the absence of either any personal details about Jonah or any historical details about Nineveh, the tale of Jonah is easily applicable to any period of human history in which, again and again, like Jonah, God's people refuse to do what God commands, and nevertheless God's purposes worked out through them with or without their cooperation. In the story of Jonah, Jonah is not the main hero. God is very clearly the main hero. 
unlike some other stories in the Bible in which God might work invisibly behind the scenes, in the tale of Jonah, God communicates clearly, uses natural phenomena for God's purposes, converses with individuals, and intervenes in history with both divine judgment and acts of mercy. As the plot shows, God's will cannot be thwarted. God always wins. Such an understanding of God raises theological questions, questions about the role human beings are supposed to play in history. If, in the end, God is going to get God's way, and if God's way is to be merciful instead of just, then what is the point of our obeying God and God's commandments? If God is going to be merciful even to foreign Gentiles like the Ninevites, then what is the point of being God's chosen people to whom God gave the law? This seems to be the question that Jonah stews on. And stewing on it, he gets more and more angry at God. You see, after the ordeal he went through to get away from God, only to end up being thrown back into the sea, swallowed up by a fish, and spit out alive, only to end up going to Nineveh and preaching doom and gloom to the Ninevites, just as the Lord commanded, Jonah immediately heads to the outskirts of town to wait and watch. He waits to see the destruction that he preached would happen because of their wickedness. But Nineveh doesn't get destroyed. Jonah finds out that the Ninevites actually listened to him. And as a result, they recognized their wickedness and got right to work repenting. They renounced food and drink and put on sackcloth. Everyone from the greatest to the least engaged in rites of self-humiliation for their wrongdoings. Even the king exchanged his throne for a seat in the dust, exchanged his royal robe for a sackcloth, and decreed that no human being or animal shall eat or drink. Beyond the performance of these rites, the king also decreed that all shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows, he said, God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. While the king hoped, he did not know for certain that God would change his mind and have mercy on them. But God did. And this is what ticks off Jonah. He knew it. Unlike the king of Nineveh who says, who knows? Jonah knew this was what God would do. O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, ready to relent from punishing. Can you help me to understand why Jonah would get so angry about this? Isn't it good that the Ninevites repented? Isn't it good that God was merciful and didn't bring calamity upon them? 
It turns out that Jonah knew more about God than we may have given him credit. Citing God's own confession to Moses on Mount Sinai that God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, Jonah suspected that God would apply these traits even to non-Israelites, to people other than his own. And he cites this as the reason why he tried to avoid God's commissioning of him in the first place. For I knew, he said, you were going to be like this. So angry is Jonah that his mission didn't turn out as he expected and preached, with Nineveh's destruction, that Jonah gives up any desire to go on living. And now, O Lord, it is better for me to die than to live. One senses here some underlying psychological baggage in Jonah's way of thinking. God must have sensed it, too. Watch how God deals with it. Simply, God asks Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry? When it seems that Jonah is still going to stew about God instead of engaging in self-reflection, God uses a castor oil plant to help expose the heart of the matter. God causes the castor oil plant to grow overnight so that it would provide shade for Jonah the next day in the place where he stews. Feeling comfortable in the shade, Jonah was very happy, but then God appoints a worm to attack the bush so that it would wither just as easily as it grew. With the sun beating down on him, Jonah feels very uncomfortable, and once again in his anger and self-pity says, It is better for me to die than to live. What Jonah had framed as a theological battle with God turns out to have less to do with God and more to do with Jonah. So, for a second time, God asked Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? It turns out that Jonah loses the will to live pretty easily. Actually, whenever he encounters the reality that he is ultimately not in control. He encounters this reality in major events, like what will happen to the great city of Nineveh, as as well as in minor events like whether a plant lives or dies. If he is not going to be ultimately in charge, what is the point of living? Jonah would rather give up and die. Jonah is not like the king who, after doing everything within his power to amend a grave situation, then places hope in a god who, who knows, could freely choose to be merciful to him and his city. Jonah is not like the seamen who, after rowing as hard as they could and doing as much as they could to save the ship from perishing in the stormy sea, cried out to a god foreign to them for help and guidance. No, unlike these people who want to live and scramble to do all they can, while at the same time relying on a god whose actions make the ultimate difference, Jonah would rather give up and die. Some say that Jonah did die on that hill. For centuries, the tomb of Jonah stood on a hill above Mosul. 
in modern-day Iraq. It was venerated by Christians, Jews, and Muslims alike. Pilgrims came to pray. The story of Jonah, who would rather die than see his enemies shown mercy, was retold. The merciful God was worshipped. However, in 2014, ISIS, having overrun Mosul, rigged the tomb with explosives and blew it up. This sparked international outrage. Since then, ISIS has been pushed out of Mosul. Plans have been made to rebuild the tomb, and ancient structures have been found deep underneath. For now, archaeologists are spending their time exploring under the destroyed structure, a task that could not have been done while the tomb was still standing. The tomb may have been destroyed, but its message remains. God is merciful. Humans, not so much. The story of Jonah is one we all need. It is the story of a man who was reluctant to forgive. Yes, in that way, it is Jonah's story. But it is also the story of a God whose very nature it is to forgive. This God is so loving that grace and forgiveness are the only option. It is a powerful truth. May this story and Jonah's grudge remind us of all the ways in which we need saving. May it remind us of how good and compassionate our God truly is. We all need that kind of unrelenting grace, whether we recognize it or not. Let us pray. O God, we thank you that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and full of steadfast love for all your creation. Help us to forgive that we may be forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.
Receive the benediction. Go, despite your fears, speak the truth of God. Love your neighbor and your enemy. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Receive grace upon grace, overflowing from the fullness of God. Amen.